0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Waking Up to Autism podcast. Um, I'm your host Claire Cross, founder of Waking Up to Autism and I'm thrilled to come and bring this episode to you where I want to talk about Um, a topic that I think is really, really important when we are supporting and embracing neurodivergent people. And that is the power of environment. Um, For anyone that's been in my circle, for anyone who's been a client of mine or worked alongside me um, over the last three years, you will have probably heard me say more than once that if you get the environment right, the rest will follow. And I'm a strong believer of this. And I've seen it time and time again, not only with my own children, um, but with other families that I've worked alongside. And it also goes hand in hand with something else that I say. And I often say that the smallest of changes can make the biggest of difference to our children. Often when our children are feeling overwhelmed, um, potentially having meltdowns, self-harming, going through a really, really challenging time. It's very overwhelming, actually, is the person that's trying to support that child, whether you're a teacher, a family member, a friend, a member of society. And it can look extremely intense, a really big challenge. and you just feel like you don't even know where you would begin to start trying to support that and that it will probably take a lot of work, a lot of time, um needs a lot of picking apart um and yeah like I say just extremely overwhelming when actually sometimes the simplest of changes the smallest of changes can make the biggest difference and I've often worked with families who have come to me with certain um situations and examples that they have been experiencing with their child and I will give them some advice and some tips on how to best approach that certain situation and I can see it I can absolutely see it in their face that they don't believe for one moment what I've suggested is going to have a blind bit of difference it's kind of like it feels like you have sprung the biggest leak in your house and the pipe has burst and it's absolutely gushing with water like there is water everywhere and it's coming out at a real force and I've like given you a piece of masking tape and said yeah pop that on and it will sort your problem and you would look at me like I'm absolutely nuts and like yeah This problem is much bigger than this solution that you've given me this isn't this this just doesn't add up this isn't going to work and I say to these families they like trust me give it a go and more times than not they will come back and they will go oh my god was that it was that all I needed to do did I just have to change how I said something? Did I just have to put something a bit differently? Did I just have to change my approach in this slight way? And that would be the answer? And I'm like, yeah. And they can't even believe that that it was possible. It just doesn't seem to add up. But what I also see from that sort of expression of like utter doubt and can't quite believe it, is also the glimmer of hope. Because it can be sometimes the first time in a very long time that they've managed to see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Because before that moment, everything seemed insurmountable. Everything seemed far too big, and that we're just never ever going to be able to make this situation better. We're completely powerless. There's nothing that we can do. And For any parent listening of any child, neurotypical or neurodivergent, when you feel like that, that's a horrible, horrible place as a parent to be because our default setting as a parent is that we fix it. You know, when things go wrong and things are hurt or things are broken, it's our job to make it better. Sometimes that's completely unrealistic, but it doesn't stop us from feeling it and thinking it um and so when we are given back that glimmer of hope that actually there are things that we can do we're not a rubbish parent we just didn't have that information that little golden nugget of information of how to approach or do something slightly differently now that we have it oh my god we can actually now start to see how we can work in a really collaborative way with our children in a really supportive embracing way Um, and make this work for us all so environment is really key and environment as well I always remind people is that environment isn't just a physical place environment is you know the people that you're hanging around with the energy the vibe how you're showing up we all contribute different bits to the environment that we're in and it's realizing that and honoring it is so so important and I wanted to take the opportunity of this podcast in particular to reflect back on an area whereby we have created specifically an environment um, to be able to produce something and that's our Waking Up to Autism glamping break and that took place for the second year running back in May And I just wanted to take this opportunity to share a little bit with you about the Glamping Break, what it's all about, why we do it, um, how it was created, um, what the experience is like for those who attend. Um, And it just absolutely harnesses everything that I say and preach about environment and the difference that the right environment can make to autistic children. A difference that it makes to them, whether or not that they can actually access that environment. Um, a difference as to whether or not they can access the environment and socialize. The difference of being able to access an environment and engage in new experiences, have fun, have joy, be free, be you know authentically themselves, unapologetically themselves. So the Waking Up to Autism Glamping Break is something that I had this idea back in 2021. I don't even know, I can't even actually remember why this idea or this little seed popped into my head, but it did. And I think with a lot of things with Waking Up to Autism, a lot of the things that I have done have come from a desire of what I would have liked for myself personally with my own children. And having two autistic children myself, I know firsthand there's nothing you can't tell me about the challenges that you face as a family when it comes to having days out going to the park going out on day trips to you know theme parks or trying to have holidays going to restaurants anything at all really um it can be really challenging and it can be so challenging to such a degree that sometimes families are put off doing it and that can result in a great deal of isolation and When families are even struggling to have a day out, a holiday is just so not on their radar. It's like, it's just untouchable. And that's really sad. Um, And it's really hard for families who, especially parents who would love to be able to take their children on holiday and just feel that that's not an option for them, that they're not living in a world that that that's an okay thing to be doing. Um, And so... I did, I thought, right, how can we, what would I want from a holiday for me and my children? And I knew that I would want a space that was in nature. I'm a huge believer that nature is really quite magical um, for all human beings, but especially for children like mine who struggle with crowds, struggle with overwhelm, struggle with sensory input. Being outside just creates a different dynamic. It lessens that intensity of the world. Um, it just gives air and space and room for movement. And so I definitely knew I wanted it to be outside. Um, I also definitely knew that I am not a camper. <laughs> just, the thought of being in it, I mean, I'm, I'm coming down to the idea a bit more. I'm going to kind of digress a bit because I'm thinking about going on a really big retreat weekend. And I'm even thinking about going on my own with a tent so I'm definitely coming around to the idea. I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older and I'm getting a bit more, I don't give a damn about what I look like and showering and all that sort of thing. I can rough it. I don't know. But um, yeah, anyway, like I say, I digress. But when I was thinking about the um, waking up to autism um, breaks, I was thinking, yeah, tense. I just I thought, if I'm taking my children to a new setting where they're going to be anxious, there might be meltdowns, there might be a lot of emotions running – Do I really want to be fucked with trying to put up a tent? And the answer was no. No, I do not. I do not want to be battling with a ground sheet and pegs and ropes. And, yeah, you can tell my technical um, knowledge of camping is is not very vast. Um, But that really did not fill me with joy. So wanting it to be within nature, but not wanting it to be a full-on camp experience. I thought about glamping and I literally googled glamping sites near me and the first one that came up looked perfect it was like the universe and I were just completely like in sync and this glamping site came up it's plus tense in Chichester and on the website it just looked incredible and so I got in contact with them there and then and organized to go and have a site visit because I'm Talking about environments, environments are really important and it's really important that the setting was right. Um, but in general, I'm a real energy person. I have I'm much better in person with people. I'm not a great lover of Zoom, I'm not a great lover of virtual conferencing. I like to actually be with the person that I'm talking to because I gain a lot from being in front of that person. I need to feel somebody's energy and I'm yeah so I needed to go and physically see it is my point point. and so we went along um we Dan and I we went along and we took the kids because I'm like if this is going to be a family glamping break for families of autistic children then a family with autistic children is going to go and check it out and so we went along and it was a little bit like love at first sight I have to be honest with you and although like three minutes up the road you're in the middle of chichester you're kind of driving along and sat nav saying you know three five minutes or whatever to your destination you're like what like we're in the middle of chichester city center and like apparently there's a glamping site somewhere <laughs> near here but you do you go down this lane and it opens out into this most incredible off-grid glamping site and you could be a million miles away and you can feel it you can feel the hustle and bustle of the real world just slip away from you and it was it was wonderful and the people that run it are wonderful and i really buy people people to me are really important um even if the site was amazing if the people didn't give me the right vibe and the right energy it would have been a no um that's how sort of much weight and value i put on that and so the kids loved it. And I can see the kids relaxing um, and they were really engaged with it. And they were like, and I was saying to them, like, you know, what do you think? Do you think we should like book to come here and we can like maybe invite some other families that've got autistic children? What do you reckon? And they just seemed really positive and really upbeat for it. And so I thought, oh, sod it, let's just go for it. And it was a real leap of faith. I had absolutely no knowledge of whether this would be something that people would want. I hadn't asked anybody. I hadn't talked about it with anybody apart from Dan and the kids. It was literally like, I think this is a good idea. Let's do it. Um, And it was a classic example of going, yeah, let's do it. And then thinking, oh, my God, what have I done? Um, And having that real wobble and uh, panic panic mode. Um, But I needn't have worried because when we launched the very first glamping break, It sold out in 48 hours. Um, So whereas I was completely worried that it would be tumbleweed and like we would be having the most expensive ever weekend break in Chichester as a family of four because nobody else booked on it. um, You know, those fears didn't come to fruition. And it was just wonderful how many people jumped at the opportunity to come and join us for our first glamping break and it was just such a huge success the first year was again it was um it wasn't it was nerve-wracking because we I hadn't done it before and in my head it was amazing in my head we were going to create this environment and the families were going to come together and the children would feel relaxed and their needs would be honored and respected and embraced the parents will feel um relaxed because they wouldn't feel the judgment or the worry of what other people might be thinking if their child had a challenging moment or they were acting in a way that may not seem, you know, normal that horrible word. um they wouldn't have any of those fears. And so in my head, it, it was going well. um but there was always there was always that worry up to the first weekend and over the course of the weekend thinking, this could go horribly wrong. We could be spending a weekend with X number of autistic children who hate the place, are melting down, triggering each other, and just parents crying everywhere. (laughs) Granted, worst case scenario, but these are all of the fears that were flashing through my head as I was driving to the glamping site um, for the first year. But my fears were completely unfounded and we had the most incredible weekend and what was just so magical and was the most emotional part for me was we had children attending the first glamping break who weren't even able to access school at that time they were out of school due to high levels of anxiety due to unmet need Um, their parents had quite openly said that their child doesn't really have any friends that they don't socialize. They find it very, very hard to play with other children, to interact with other children. Um, and there was no pressure for them to socialize, interact, play. There was no, that's that's one of our key ingredients to the the glamping break is that there are no expectations. This is your break. However that looks, however you want that to unfold, is totally, totally up to you. No one's going to question you. No one's going to judge you. You know, we all do things differently and we have to honour whatever we need at that time, whatever our children are needing at that time. We're just here to be a really supportive embrace for you, to be able to do that without guilt, without shame, without worry, you know, without embarrassment. Um, And what was really emotional and wonderful on that first break that we had is that we actually did have a couple of parents in tears. So when I was fearful that there would be parents crying everywhere and hating every moment, in actual fact, it was the complete opposite. We had a couple of parents that were crying tears of joy because for the first time, they were actually witnessing their children relaxed. They were witnessing their children interacting with other children and making friends. They were witnessing their children talking to adults. They were witnessing their children stimming, being themselves and nobody batting an eye. And that is something that money can't buy. And I am so immensely proud that we were able to create that and to help facilitate that. And, you know, all of the sleepless nights and the worry and the anxiety, and trust me, there was a lot, um, was all worth it just for that. And I think whenever we're doing something new and we're doing something scary, we have to sometimes focus on the reason why we're doing it because we could easily talk ourselves out of it. But when we stop and think, okay, this is really hard. This is like painful. The, the personal growth that I'm going through to organize a glamping break, um, the financial commitment involved, the time commitment involved, the worry, the anxiety of, of what it's going to look like and how it's going to be. And, and all of that why the hell am I putting myself through all this and the reason why was seeing all of those families having magical moments wonderful experiences enjoying being a family together maybe for the first time uh, or certainly the first time in a long time and that's the reason why we did it and that's the reason why we did it again this year. and so last month we had our second glamping break. um it was amazing actually because nine families rebooked from last year. so last year we had a we had 12 families. um so we have exclusive hire of the glamping site. so there's absolutely nobody else on that site it is specifically for us. and that means that we can then create the environment that we want to create. um which is an inclusive, relaxed, spacious compassionate environment. Um, And one of the things that I'm really, you know, sort of um, particular on is that I don't want it to be overwhelming. This It needs to be, like I've just said, it needs to be spacious. It needs to be um, inclusive and that people can be who they want to be without being too overwhelmed. And so we cap it. I mean, you know, it's an expensive site to have exclusive hire of and we could pack more people in and make more money out of it. that would totally fly in the face of what we're trying to create and why we do this. So last year we had the 12 woodland yurts, um, and that went really well. It's funny, actually, because you can have the 12 woodland yurts and then you can add on an additional four field yurts. And in the first year, because I was, like, all a bit quivery about, oh, my God, is this the right thing to do and how am I going to manage all this? I'm like, yeah, I'll just do the 12 woodland yurts. For some unknown reason, in my head and just everything about it, emotionally, physically, mentally, I just felt like I could handle the 12 woodland yurts. Adding the four field yurts would have just tipped me over the edge. It just felt felt more contained and manageable. (laughs) Crazy, I know, but true. So last year it was the 12, and then nine of those families rebooked for this year, which is like the best feedback and compliment ever. Like ever, 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 within like 24 hours of us all getting home, nine families had rebooked for this year. Um, but because it was the second year, and I felt a little bit more confident, and I realised that, you know, it wasn't all going to go horribly, horribly wrong. Um, I included the four field this year. Um, so that takes us up to 16 families. Um, and that's the maximum that it will ever be. Um, and it was amazing. It was so amazing, because this year there was a different vibe and a different energy because we had nine families that were coming back. So last year, everyone was brand new. It was the first time we'd ever done it. So on the Friday night when people are arriving, you could feel the the trepidation in the air. There was a lot of anxiety because we've got families coming on site who don't usually do days out or holidays. Like this is a little bit of an alien concept They've probably had really bad experiences of holidays and days out. And so they've only got that experience in their heads. And there's that, yeah, I'm not convinced that this is going to be any better. This could all go horribly wrong. How are my kids going to cope? How am I going to cope? Where is everything? Where are we? All of these things, it was all new. And the uncertainty was certainly there. And so on the Friday night, we always have a pizza van come on site that does dinner. And that's included in the price because I just want families to be able to focus on transitioning their children into a new space um, and making sure that they're okay and that they're happy and just kind of getting their bearings and not having to worry about what to cook for dinner or having to fire up the outdoor kitchen and doing all of that as well. So we provide a welcome dinner on the Friday, which um, is always very well received Um, It's a fantastic wood-fired pizza van that comes on site. Um, And yes, but this year we had nine families coming back who had been last year. And so they were hitting the ground running more. They knew where they were coming to. It was not an unfamiliar space. And so there was a kind of a more relaxed vibe from those families coming on site, which was amazing. And what has been just such a beautiful thing to witness as well is that Every single family that attends has at least one autistic child, but most of them also have neurotypical children in their family unit. And that's another element that we really wanted to be able to encompass within our glamping breaks is quite often families with neurotypical children. I mean, I don't have neurotypical children, both of my children are autistic, but a lot of families that do have a neurotypical child in their family often feel guilt because they feel like their neurotypical child has to make an awful lot of compromises um, and misses out on an awful lot of things because their neurodivergent sibling um, is unable to maybe access certain places or to do certain things. And so neurotypical child, like I say, there's a lot of compromise and, and missing out that goes on. And what's really lovely is seeing all of the children actually interacting and playing together, but seeing those neurotypical siblings forming friendships really getting along being able to socialize um together as well and there was friendships that were made last year that have been sustained over the last 12 months um being invited to birthday parties i think they go online and do gaming together like they were like so thrilled to be able to then see each other this time round and it's just a real honor to know that you've played a part in creating certain situations that certain people wouldn't know each other had it not been for the fact that we took this leap and created a glamping break you know that certain friendships wouldn't have ever formed people's paths would never have necessarily crossed had we not done this and so seeing them come back together this year was really amazing and we had obviously new families join us as well um which brought new dynamics new friendships being created and yeah it's just An incredible space to be in because like I say you are able to be yourself and we have families that do things in their own way like last year we had a family that came they stayed the first night but the little boy found it very very challenging and so they actually went home the next day um on the late on the Saturday I believe which was fine. It's a shame because obviously they've paid and, you know, it would have been lovely for them to have stay, but there's no, there's no shame. There's no, Oh, but could you just try a bit longer or, Oh, what a shame you can't stay a bit longer. None of that. It's just, that's fine. You need to go home. You need to go home. You do you, you know, is there anything that we can do to support you or help you? You know, that's, that's the vibe and that's the approach that we take. And what was lovely is that they didn't rebook this year but they came for the day because the little boy had made some friends last year and wanted to come and see them so they came over and spent the day with us and that's amazing and we're so happy to be able to accommodate that um we have a family whose autistic son um just spends most of the time in the yurt either in the yurt or in the hammock outside he really isn't that keen or wanting to to socialize or or do any bits and pieces and again that's fine we're not going to question him we're not going to say oh isn't it a shame he doesn't come out or isn't it a shame he doesn't do this or could you try and make him no he's happy doing his thing if he wants to come and join us we'd love to see him and he would be welcomed wholeheartedly and there was a couple of times he came out and and I spoke with him a couple of times and it was it was lovely but he's he just wants to do what he wants to do and what I'm really anti is when we force children to play, come and play with all the other kids. Don't sit on your own. Well, actually, maybe he wants to. Um, you know, if there's a child that really wants to socialise and play with other children, but is finding it really difficult to know how and needs some support with that, then we would support with that. But if it's um if it's not what they're wanting, we respect it. Um, There was another family whose little boy, without question, had the most complex needs of all the children that come on the glamping break. Um, And he wasn't able to stay in the yurt. It it was too overwhelming. And so dad took him home at night to go because they thankfully didn't live too far away. We do have some um, families that come from a distance. Um, I mean, it wasn't it's not just up the road. It was quite a significant drive for, for dad to take him home, I think. But, you know, it was doable. And so mum stayed with the two daughters, dad took the boy home, and he came back and enjoyed it in his own way during the day. That's fine. You know, we just want it to be however the families need it to enjoy. And you can get enjoyment in, in a multitude of ways. You don't have to stick to a script. Um, and over the course of the weekend, we do have other people that come on site to run activities. So last year we had um, a Birds of Prey um, guide that came on and did a display. We also had a Circus Skills workshop. Uh, this year we had Ice Cream Van come on site and we also had a painting workshop as well. And I, I can get a little bit like really quite protective. So in my mind, this is our space. Like this is our hub our castle our whatever you want to call it yeah and we are families we are neurodivergent families you can come into our space but you need to adapt you need to make sure that the way in which you do things is inclusive and is in alignment with our values and what we're needing Um, and so whenever I contact companies and ask if they want to come and do a workshop or whatever it is I'm like really, really crystal clear about it. Um, to the point where I'm saying, I don't like to I don't come across as aggressive. I don't think I'm an aggressive person. But I make it abundantly clear. So like the painting workshop that came on site this year, I'm like, right, you're going to have parents, you're going to have children. Some of those children will be neurotypical. Quite a few of them are going to be autistic. Now, they may not want to sit. They may want to stand up and paint. They may want to bounce about. They may want to go away and come back. They may not listen to you. They may be a bit blunt about the painting if they're not liking it. You know, all of these things are very possible and you need to be okay with that Um, because we're not changing. We're not apologising for who we are. This is who we are. Um, And everybody that comes on site is incredible um, and really engages and embraces us as as we show up as ourselves. And it kind of reminds me, actually, of something. I'm just um, looking it up on my phone because... I kind of base it on the thought process of a Glennon Doyle quote. Now Glennon Doyle had this quote kind of referring to a woman being a responsible parent. And when we feel, I think that we have to do things in a way that our parents did them. Um, And so it kind of is not quite the same vein as what I'm saying, but the concept's very similar. And she says about, um a woman becomes a responsible parent when she stops being an obedient daughter when she finally understands that she is creating something different to what her parents created when she begins to build her island not to their specifications but to hers so i'm kind of referring this in the fact that as a neurodivergent as a parent of neurodivergent children i am reclaiming control that i do not have to bow to society's norms and try and get my children to change to fit in the neurotypical world and actually I don't have to do that what I can do is I can build my own island um not to the specifications of neurotypical world but to our specifications. the thing then goes on to say when she finally understands that it is not her duty to convince everyone on her island to accept and respect her and her children it is her duty, to allow onto her island only those who already do and who will walk across the drawbridge as the beloved, respected guests that they are. And that's how I feel about the glamping break. So I don't need to convince people to accept me and my children and our family and how we function. That's not my responsibility. I'm I'm not here to convince you. My responsibility is that I only allow people who do accept my children and my family um, and realise that they are guests in that environment, you're coming into our world, into our domain, um, that we will then allow you to come across that drawbridge. If you can't, then you're not you are not coming in. You're not coming in. Um, but it's true. And I think that regardless in, in any form, in any walk of life, we can apply that. You know, it's that classic thing is that you can't control everything, but you can control how you respond. So I can't control the fact that there will be people in this world that will not accept autistic people. They're, you know, sad, but true. You know, I wish I had a magic wand and I could wave it and make everybody inclusive and understanding and respectful. It ain't going to happen. But what I can control is who I allow into my world and who I allow into my children's world and how I bring my children up so that they are empowered to be able to do that for themselves and to realize themselves that they're not there to convince anyone to like them or to convince anyone that they belong, but they need to be able to create that environment for themselves and be able to thrive in it and welcome in anybody who's willing to be a respectful guest in their world. Um, And that's what we love to do with the Waking Up to Autism Glamping Break. Um, You know, because there were a couple of like really personal moments over the weekend this year. Um, You know, I'm standing there, I'm chatting to a parent, and I just sort of look to my left, and I can see my boy, my son, and he's stimming away. He's bouncing and he's flapping, chatting to himself about, I haven't got a clue. He's happy as anything, but nobody bats an eyelid. Nobody's looking at him, thinking, "What on earth is that boy doing?" Because you know, you could. A lot of people would look at him and think it was a little bit unusual. Nobody bats an eyelid. You know, there was children having meltdowns. Nobody bats an eyelid. No one's judging. The only thing that's going to be coming out of people's mouths is, "Is there anything that I can do to help?" You know, or when the meltdown has. Um, Sort of simmer down, and things have have sort of progressed and evolved. Through is saying to the parent, "Do you want a cup of tea or gin?" <laughs> you know, just knowing that there's just nothing but support and compassion for those people in those moments. Um, you know, I had another I had another situation with Adam in the hot tub. You know, oh my son, my son is a nightmare when it comes to competition. Apart from when he wins, then he loves it. But otherwise, it is a real challenge for him. He gets extremely angry um, and he self-harms. And he's in the hot tub and he decides to instigate a competition between himself and the other children in the hot tub. Who can hold their breath the longest? And I'm sat there because obviously, you know, parents are sort of nearby supervising. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I know how this is going to go. Because he's in the hot tub with a couple of teenagers. And I'm thinking they're going to hold their breath longer because just, you know, science. They, you know, they've got bigger lungs, they're big, you know, chances are they, they're going to be holding their breath a bit longer. And yet, Oh, shock horror. They did. And Adam completely lost the plot. And I could see he was sat in the hot tub and I could see from his arms and his face that he was really scratching up his legs. So I went over, I got him out the hot tub. And he didn't draw blood or anything like that, but you could see that you could see the red marks on his legs and got him out. The other parents were there, they could see, nobody said anything because they know, they know it's not gonna be helpful to start asking if I need help. They know full well, the best like I do, the first person to deal with a situation with a child is that that child's parents because they're all very unique in, in the approach that they need. It's not going to be helpful to be asking questions or trying to, you know, get involved. But there was there was no kind of like looking side eyed at each other, like, oh, my God, what the hell's going on? Got him out, got him dried, got him dressed. He was still really cross, really angry. And we spent about 20 minutes just walking laps of the glamping site. And this is what I mean about the power of the environment. So just being in the nature, walking along the, the paths, through the trees, chatting calmly, allowed him to just regulate and process and calm right down. Um, but I didn't feel any pressure to get him to calm down. I didn't feel any embarrassment or anxiety that I would be looked upon as a failing parent because I'm having to do this. Um And being able to be in an environment like that is just a beautiful, beautiful thing. You know, there was one little boy who um, loves the marshmallows and um, he's non-verbal and he was pulling dad, I think, to the kiosk because he could, I I don't know if he remembered from last year or whether dad had mentioned marshmallows and then he, I'm not sure, but he seemed to know where they were. So I think there was definitely a core memory of, this is where the marshmallows are and we were getting him some marshmallows he's not fussed about toasting them he's just straight in just he just wants the marshmallows and the um glamping site has wood chips on the floor on the paths and the little boy was picking up he was getting excited because he was getting these marshmallows and he was scooping up handfuls of wood chips and sort of throwing them up into the air if you kind of think about like a child or a person with leaves. You know, when you stand up and you kind of like, we throw them all up and they all come down. It's obviously wood chips. Now, anywhere else probably would have got tutted at or looked at. Like, well, that's not very good. Don't be throwing all the wood chips about. That's not what they're there for. In our environment, we have a nonverbal little boy who's really happy and excited. And that's his way of communicating that. There's no way he is ever going to get tutted at looked at there's no way that the parents are going to be well he really shouldn't be doing that should he doesn't bloody matter he was hurting nobody he was enjoying that moment and being able to just be free and be able to do that is what it's all about it's what it's all about we want children to come into our glamping breaks and pick up those wood chips and chuck them in the air If that is their way of showing their excitement and communicating that. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. And I loved it. You know, my son spent most of the weekend up a tree, um, you know, (laughs) because he just loves to climb and he's stimming all the time. And yeah, it's just wonderful. And I really urge you that if you're listening to this and you have autistic children, is find your tribe, you know, find your environments where you can be who you want to be. And if you don't know of any, create them. I didn't know of any, so I created it. There's nothing stopping you from doing exactly the same. And I really urge you to do that because real magical things happen and you see our incredible autistic children come alive. Um, So, yeah, environment to me is absolutely key. And I'd be really interested to hear from you, your thoughts on this um, and your experiences of being in the right environment and what that's meant for you and your children as well. So we're really excited that the 2024 Glamping Break um, is happening. It is already fully booked. Um, Again, it just absolutely got snapped up so, so quickly. Um, If you are interested in attending a future Glamping Break, then do let us know, because if we ever do get a cancellation, It's sometimes handy to have a reserve list um, and obviously we can keep you in mind for 2025. Um, But yeah, but yeah, just remember your island, invite those on who are respectful guests, create your environment and never stop being you. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and I will speak to you next time.